chickens my voice sounds a little bit scratchy because I've been a little bit sick lately but I figured I would still go ahead and tell you a story for this week so we are now entering the realm of stories about Christ's last week of his mortal ministry right before he was killed the time was approaching for the Passover feast and Jesus knew that if he went into Jerusalem the Pharisees were likely waiting to capture him and kill him but he still decided to go because he knew that his mortal ministry was ending. So when Jesus traveled through Jericho, many people came out to see him walk by. There was a short little man named Zacchaeus, who was the chief of the dreaded publicans. He was very rich, and his fellow Jews did not like him. Well, he wanted to see Jesus too, but he was too short to see him above the heads of the other people in the crowd. So he ran to a sycamore tree, climbed right up into it, and as Jesus was passing by, he looked up and saw Zacchaeus and said, Zacchaeus, quickly, come down from that tree so that I can visit you in your house today. So Zacchaeus quickly came down and joyfully received the Lord into his house. Everyone there who saw what had happened were shocked, and they said, Hey, this man is going to spend time at a sinner's house. Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, Lord, look, half of my goods I give to the poor people around, and if I have accidentally taken anything from any man, I give it back to him, plus even more than I owe him. And Jesus said, Today, salvation will come to your house. You are also a son of Abraham. I am here to seek and to save those who are lost. Jesus knew that they were getting close to Jerusalem, so he told a parable to the people listening, since he knew that they expected God's kingdom to immediately appear on earth. They wanted to be free from Roman rule and to have God rule them. Here is the parable. A certain nobleman traveled to a far country to receive a kingdom for himself. Before he left, he called his ten servants to him and gave them each one pound, which was money. And he said, stay here and take care of my house until I come back. But the people living around the house hated him. And they sent a message roundabout that said, we will not allow this man to reign over us. Well, the nobleman went and got his kingdom. And when he came back, he called his servants to him and said, Let me see what you received in return for the money I gave you to trade while I was gone. The first servant said, I have earned ten pounds from the one pound that you gave me. The nobleman said, Oh, you are a good servant. 
Because you were faithful in very little, I will now give you authority to rule over ten cities. The second servant said, Lord, I have earned five pounds from the one you gave me. And the nobleman said, All right, great. I will now give you authority to rule over five cities. A third servant said, Lord, here is your one pound. I kept it hidden under a napkin because I was afraid of you since you're really strict. You like to take credit for work that you don't do. The nobleman responded and said, Ah, well, by your own words you will be judged, you wicked servant. You already knew these things that you said about me when you started working for me. So why didn't you go put my pound in a bank so that I could get it back safely when I returned? Why did you keep it yourself? Then the nobleman said to the other servant standing nearby, Come, take this pound away from him and give it to the servant who has ten pounds. Each servant who multiplies what I give him will be given more, and the ones who keep what they have been given for themselves will have it taken away from them. Now, those enemies of mine that live around my house, those who don't want me to rule over them, bring them here and kill them instantly. This might seem like kind of a strange parable for Jesus to share just days before he died, but he was trying to teach his followers about the importance of taking care of all the Lord gives them on earth before the Lord's second coming, including his church, his saints, his blessings and gifts, and their testimonies. Now, six days before the Passover, Jesus decided to have dinner with his friends, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Lazarus sat at the table with Christ while Martha served them their dinner, but Mary took some of her incredibly expensive oil and anointed Christ's feet with it, meaning that she poured some of it onto his feet. She then cleaned the oil off of his feet with her hair and the oil was very fragrant and filled the house with its scent. This really bothered one of Jesus' twelve apostles named Judas, because he was in charge of taking care of the money used to take care of Christ and his apostles and disciples as they traveled around Judea and Galilee. He said, Hey, why wasn't this expensive oil sold for a lot of money that we could then give to the poor? Judas didn't really care about the poor people, but since he carried the money bag, he knew he could steal some of the money made from selling the oil to keep for himself. Jesus said, Please leave her alone. She has been saving this special oil until now so that she can anoint me before my body is buried. It's a very special thing to do. You'll always have poor people with you, but you won't always have me here with you. Do you remember that back in Christ's time and even before that the kings of the time would be anointed with special oil before they became the king? So it seems that Mary knew that Christ was going to be the king of the Jews and that he was going to perform his special atonement that would help him conquer all enemies. And so that is why she decided to anoint him with such special oil. Well, a lot of the Jews in Jerusalem knew that Jesus was at their, 
at Mary and Martha and Lazarus's house. So they traveled in order to see both him and Lazarus, who they had heard was brought back to life after dying. Now, you must remember that Christ had not resurrected Lazarus. He had not restored Lazarus's spirit to a perfect body. Rather, he had just healed Lazarus's sick body enough that he could live a little while longer on earth. Well, so many people in Jerusalem began to believe that Jesus was the Christ because of the miracle that he had performed in raising Lazarus from the dead. The chief priests did not like this. So in addition to planning how they could kill Christ, they wanted to kill Lazarus too. The next morning, Christ decided to travel into Jerusalem. He sent two of his disciples into a village and said, Go over there and find a colt that is tied up. Loosen his rope and bring him to me. If anyone asks you why you're doing this, tell them that I need the colt. So his disciples went and found the colt. And as they were untying it, its owner said, Hey, why are you untying our colt? And the disciples said, Because our Lord needs him. So the owners let them take the colt to Jesus, and Jesus sat on its back and rode into Jerusalem. You see, there was once a prophecy given anciently that the Lord would one day enter into Jerusalem riding on a colt's back. And so Jesus' ride was an indication to all that he was the true Lord, the Messiah, the King of the Jews. As Jesus entered Jerusalem, so many Jews gathered to celebrate his entry. Some of them had heard about Jesus' miracle of raising Lazarus from the dead, and they wanted to come see the man who had performed such a great miracle. Some of them had never heard of Christ, and they said, Who in the world is this man? And others said, This is Jesus of Nazareth, the prophet from Galilee. Some also genuinely thought that he was there to save them from the Romans. Many of the Jews excitedly spread out coats and clothes on the road as a sign of respect to him so that he wouldn't have to ride over the actual ground. They waved palm leaves and shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is the King of Israel that comes in the Lord's name. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. The Pharisees in Jerusalem were astounded. They said to Christ, Tell all these followers of yours to be quiet. And Jesus said, Ah, if all these people tried to be quiet, then the rocks would cry out with excitement instead. Well, after Jesus entered Jerusalem, he went straight to the temple. And when he got there, he noticed that the money changers were there again, tricking people out of their money in exchange for a way to buy sacrificial animals. So he dumped over the money changers' tables and pushed over the dove seller's seats and said, It is written in scripture that Heavenly Father says, My house should be called a house of prayer. But you people have made it a den of thieves. You must stop this. After this, a group of Greeks appeared who had come to Jerusalem to worship at the Passover feast. They asked Christ's apostles if they could talk to Christ. And when his apostles asked Christ whether or not they could, Christ said, 
It's almost time that I should die and be resurrected. Listen carefully to me. The only way that a wheat plant can grow is if a kernel of wheat dies in the dirt, so to speak. Whoever loves himself more than anything else will lose his life. And whoever cares nothing for himself in this life shall find eternal life. If anyone wants to serve me, then they should follow me, and where I am going, my servants will be there too. Those who serve me will receive my Heavenly Father's honor. Now, my soul is feeling troubled for what is going to happen soon. But does that mean that I can ask Heavenly Father to save me from the anxious from the anguish that is about to come to me? No way. I came here to earth right here, right now, for the very purpose of experiencing anguish and death. And as Christ said these words, those standing around him heard a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified my name and I will glorify it again. It was Heavenly Father speaking, but some people there said that it was just thunder, and some people there said it was an angel. Jesus said, You didn't hear the voice speaking for my sake, but for your own sakes, so that you would believe in who I am. I am about to die and be lifted up from the earth, so that all men can come to me, just like Moses lifted up the brass serpent so that the Israelites could be saved if they traveled to see it. The people responded there, Hey, we've heard from the scriptures that the Christ would live forever and ever. So why are you saying that the Christ should be lifted up to die? Who is the Son of Man? Who is the Christ? And Jesus said, the light will only be with you for a little while longer. Please walk by faith while you have the light, me, in case the darkness comes. Those who walk in darkness can't see where they're going. So while you have the light, believe in the light so that you can be the children of light. And at this moment, Jesus left to hide from the crowds in the temple. Unfortunately, even though the Jews had seen Christ perform so many miracles, they still didn't believe that he was God's son. They were fulfilling prophecy about themselves. Did you know that the prophets of old said that the people at Christ's time would have blind eyes and hard hearts? Well, some of the chief rulers actually believed that Christ was God's son, but they didn't follow him because they were afraid of the Pharisees and did not want to be kicked out of the synagogue forever. You see, they loved the praise of their fellow man more than they loved the praise of God. This made Jesus sad, and that week when he came near to Jerusalem, as soon as he saw it, he started to cry. He said, Oh, Jerusalem, oh, Israelites, if only you knew what blessings and peace you could have if you had faith in me and Heavenly Father. But your eyes are blind. The day is soon coming when your enemies will surround you and will kill you and your children and will completely destroy Jerusalem because you didn't have faith in my words and instructions. Christ spent a few days after his entry in Jerusalem teaching in the temple. Blind and crippled people came to him, and he healed them. 
when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful miracles that Christ performed and the saints surrounding Christ crying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were very upset. They knew that if they tried to take Christ, that the people would get very upset and rise up against them. Well, Christ spent his nights in Bethany where he slept. One morning of the Passover feast week, as he was walking back into Jerusalem, he noticed that he was hungry. So he walked over to a fig tree on the side of the road and noticed that there was no fruit on it anywhere, just leaves. So he cursed the tree and said, no fruit will grow on you from this point on. And the tree withered and died away. When the disciples saw this, they said, Wow, that tree sure died quickly. And Jesus said, If you have faith and do not doubt, then you will have the power to do something like this too. You can even tell a mountain to move from its place into the ocean, and it would obey you. If you pray in faith to Heavenly Father for things that you know He will approve of, then you will receive an answer to your prayer. As he began teaching in the temple later, the chief priests and elders came to Christ and said, By what authority can you teach these things and perform these miracles? Who gave you the authority? And Jesus said, I'll tell you whose authority I have to do and say these things, if you can answer one question for me. Was John the Baptist's baptism from heaven or from man? And the chief priests and elders reasoned among themselves and said, Ugh, what should we say? If we say the power for his baptism came from heaven, then Jesus will ask us why we didn't believe that John was a prophet when he was here. But if we say that the power for his baptism came only from men, then the Jews here will probably harm us because they believed that John was a prophet. Ugh. So they answered Jesus and said, Well... We can't tell. And he said, Ah, then I won't tell you by whose authority I do these things. And then Christ taught them with this parable. He said, There once was a man who had two sons. One day he came to his first son and said, Son, go work in my vineyard. And the son said, No, I don't want to. But then he repented and went to work in his father's vineyard. The father came to the second son and said, Son, go work in my vineyard. And the second son said, Okay, I will go work. But he never went out to work. Which of the sons did what his father asked him to do? The priests and elders answered, The first son. And Jesus said, Listen, the publicans and the harlots will get into heaven before you do. John the Baptist came to you as a righteous prophet, but you didn't believe him. The publicans and harlots believed him, though, and when you saw that I was here on the earth, you didn't repent and start believing John's words about me. Whoever didn't believe John's words about me cannot believe me unless he repents first. And unless you repent, then John's words will condemn you when you are judged before Heavenly Father at the last day. Here's another parable for you. You know, I speak in parables to those who don't believe me so that they will be rewarded for their unrighteousness. Here's the parable. 
there was a certain householder who planted a vineyard and built hedges around it and built a wine press inside it and built a tower and then he left it in the care of some workers to take care of while he traveled to a far country. When the time came that the vineyard should start producing fruit, the man sent his servants to the workers that they should collect the fruit from the man's vineyard. But you know what the work workers did? They took the man's servants and they beat one up and they killed another one and they stoned another one. So the man sent more servants to go get his fruit. And the workers did the same things to these servants. So the man finally said, Ah, I will send my own beloved son to them to collect my fruit. They surely must respect my own son. But when the workers saw the man's son coming, they said to themselves, Ah, this is the owner's son. Let us kill him so that we can steal his inheritance from his father. So the workers caught the son kicked him out of the vineyard, and killed him. When the man finally returned, what do you think he did to the workers? The chief priests and elders answered Christ and said, Oh, the man would miserably destroy those wicked men and will let other workers take care of his vineyard that would give him his fruits when the fruit season came. And Jesus said, haven't you ever read in the scriptures about the stone that the builders rejected? They didn't want to use it in their building, but it actually became the cornerstone, which is the most important stone in buildings. Isn't that interesting? So I'm telling you that God's kingdom will be taken away from you and will be given to a different nation to deliver him his fruits. And whoever falls on the cornerstone of the building that the builders built will be broken it will be like their ground to powder. When the chief priests and Pharisees heard these parables, they realized that Christ was speaking about them. And they said to each other, Does this one single man think that he has the power to destroy our great leadership? And they were so angry with Christ that they went to capture him. But then they became afraid of the people surrounding him because the people thought that Christ was a prophet. Well, Christ's disciples came to him and he said, Are you guys wondering what the parables I just spoke really mean? Listen carefully to me and I will tell you. I am the stone from the story and those wicked priests and Pharisees are like the builders who rejected me. I'm really the cornerstone of the building, which is the stone laid down first that, de that determines how the entire rest of the building is to be built. The Jews that fall on me or who reject me will be broken. And just like in the parable of the wicked workers who had the vineyard taken away from them, these wicked Jews will have God's kingdom taken away from them, and it will be given to a different nation that will actually deliver God's fruit to him. But even those workers will eventually fail too, so God will give his vineyard or his kingdom to other workers that will take care of his fruit for him. Christ's disciples understood his words and knew that when Christ would come to the earth a second time, his kingdom or his vineyard would be in good hands. During his time in the temple at Jerusalem, Christ also told this parable. He said, The kingdom of heaven is like a king whose son was to be married. He planned a wedding for his son, and on the wedding day he sent his servants out and about to gather all the people who had been invited. But the people wouldn't come, 
So he sent more servants to tell the invited guests that the wedding was all ready. The dinner was ready, there was a great feast prepared, and they should come. But the invited guests all found excuses not to come to the wedding. Some people even captured the king's servants and killed them. When the king heard this news, he was incredibly angry. So he sent his army out to kill the murderers and burn up their city. After that, the king said to his servants, Oh, the wedding is ready, but those who were invited to attend were not worthy to come. So please, go out into the highways and far-off roads and invite anyone you can find to the wedding. So the servants did just that, and they found all sorts of people to attend the wedding, both bad and good people. The wedding was finally full of guests. Well, when the king arrived to say hello to the guests, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing wedding clothes, which was customary in his time. He said to the man, Friend, why are you here at my celebration without any wedding clothes? And the man just looked at the king and did not say anything. He was speechless. So the king told his servants, Tie this man up and take him away into outer darkness where he will be miserable. Many were called to the wedding, but few were chosen to stay, since not everyone chose to wear the correct wedding clothes. <clears throat> While Christ was teaching in the temple, the Pharisees were scheming about how they could trap Christ in his own teachings. So they sent some of their own disciples to Christ, who said, Master, we know that you speak truth and teach everyone about God in truth, and you don't care what men think about you. So please tell us this. Is it right for us Jews to pay taxes to Caesar, the emperor of the Romans, or is it wrong? <clears throat> you see, if Christ had said no, then they could have reported him to the Roman soldiers and gotten him in trouble for speaking against paying taxes to the Romans. And if he said yes, then the Jewish people would likely have become upset with him for saying that it was okay and right for them to be enslaved by the Romans. Jesus understood that they were trying to trick him, of course. So he said, why are you trying to trick me, you hypocrites? Come, show me a Roman coin. They brought Christ a Roman penny and he asked, whose face is inscribed on this penny? And they said, Caesar's face. And Christ said, All right then, give to Caesar whatever belongs to him, and give to God whatever belongs to God. When the Pharisees' disciples heard this, they were amazed at his answer and left him alone. <clears throat> that very same day, some Sadducees came to Christ to ask him some questions. The Sadducees did not believe that everyone would be resurrected someday. <clears throat> so they asked, Master, the law of Moses states that if a married man dies and he doesn't have any children, that his wife should then marry the man's brother. Now, we knew seven brothers who were Sadducees, and the oldest brother was married to a woman. The oldest brother died, so the woman married his second brother. And then that brother died too, so she married the third brother, and so on until all seven brothers had married the same woman and all seven brothers had died. The woman eventually died too. So tell us this. In the resurrection, who would be the wife's real husband? 
Would she still be married to all seven men? Jesus answered them and said, Oh, you make a mistake because you don't understand the scriptures or God's power. Since you Sadducees don't believe in the resurrection and you believe that marriage only lasts here on earth, then after you die, you won't be married to your spouses and you won't be able to marry anyone at all. You will just be angels and not gods. It's a wonder you don't believe in the resurrection, since in the scriptures, God himself tells you that he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is the God of the living, not the God of the dead. When the crowds heard Jesus' teachings, they were astonished. The Sadducees left without anything else to say. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had confounded the Sadducees in their beliefs, they gathered themselves together and asked Christ, What is the greatest commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus said, That you should love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is just like it, that you should love your neighbor as yourself. These two great commandments are the foundation for all of the scriptures the prophets have ever written. Then Christ asked the Pharisees, Who do you think that the Christ that the prophets spoke about really is? Whose son is he? And they said, Oh, he is the son of David. And Jesus said, Hmm, then why do we have scriptures of David calling him Lord? David said, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit on my right hand until I destroy your enemies. So if David called Christ his Lord, then how can the Christ be David's son? And no one there could really answer Christ because they didn't understand. Jesus then spoke to the crowds gathered around him and said, The scribes and Pharisees think they sit in a seat of authority and power like the prophet Moses. Whatever they ask you to do with their words, you should do. But be careful not to do what they are doing themselves, because they speak what they should do, but then they themselves don't actually do it. They put heavy burdens on people's shoulders that are hard to bear, but they won't pick up one finger to help them carry their burdens. They only do good things in order to get the praise of men. They exaggerate their good deeds and their righteousness, and they love to be the most important person in the room. When you see them at the market, they want to be called rabbi or master. But I tell you, don't seek to be called rabbi, for there is only one master, and that is me, the one who Heavenly Father sent to you so that you can have eternal life. Don't call anyone else on earth your father or your creator, because there is only one father and one creator, and that is Heavenly Father. Jesus then taught his disciples again that whoever wanted to be a great man or woman should spend his time humbly serving others. Then Heavenly Father would exalt them. And then he cried woe and misery to the Pharisees and scribes and anyone else who chose to be a hypocrite. Anyone else who would seek honor and glory and praise and love from their fellow men instead of from God. He continually called the Pharisees and others like them blind men and fools. He said they made great shows of being righteous and of offering great sacrifices to God. But in the end, they didn't care about righteous judgment or mercy. 
he used this parable. He said that when they drink water, they would try to get the gnats out of their water, but then they would go and willingly swallow a whole camel. This meant that they tried to make it look to others that they were so righteous and without sin, but then they would turn around and completely disobey the law. They wanted to look so shiny and clean and perfect on the outside, but on the inside they were full of gunk and grossness full of sin and iniquity. He proclaimed woe to the Pharisees and other hypocrites because they would honor the tombs of the prophets and go around saying, Oh, if we had lived back in our ancestors' time, we would not have followed their examples and killed the prophets. But Christ said that actually they would have helped their ancestors kill the prophets since they were doing so in their own day. The prophets that God had sent to them were men they would kill and crucify and scourge and persecute. Oh, God was going to get them into great trouble for their sins. Christ then cried out, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, and all you who kill the prophets, I would have often gathered you to me like a mama hen gathers her little baby chicks under her wings, but you would not come to me. Well, I tell you this, that you will not understand who I am, that I am the Christ, until my second coming to the earth. Only then will you truly understand who I am and what I have done while I have been here on earth. All right, little chickadees, that's the end of my story for today. Until next time, have a wonderful day. Goodbye.